100% Real with Lisa Cabrera. Now, I know many of us saw videos and got information about what happened at the Revolt Summit. You know, that's when Candace Owens, T.I., Killer Mike was there and others were there. Now, a lot of people are applauding what Killer Mike said. I, for one, am not applauding Killer Mike and let me tell you why. Killer Mike for the last four years, even the last presidential primary, he was endorsing Bernie Sanders. Now we all know what Bernie Sanders said about reparations. He does not believe we should have reparations. And he was very clear and he has been very consistent about saying no on reparations. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, Killer Mike still endorses Bernie Sanders. I'm going to play an interview of Bernie Sanders and Killer Mike sitting down together and doing an interview. And I want you to hear how he is talking and he's telling Bernie Sanders that he likes his policies. Now, he likes the policies of a man that do not believe black people deserve any kind of restitution for chattel slavery, for Jim Crow, for everything that we have gone through, civil rights, the crack epidemic. You, you know what the list is, y'all. But this guy is endorsing the main Democratic candidate that adamantly denies us any reparations. But in the same token, he is fine with his people getting it for the last several decades. That's fine, but not fine for us. So let me go ahead and play this interview with Bernie Sanders and Killer Mike that was published on August 29th. 2019. So he did this interview with Bernie Sanders a month ago. Let me go ahead and play this for you. So I refer to you as Mike or Killer Mike. Mike, or... Mike is fine. That's yeah, what you I, call me. Yeah. That's what I do call you. I don't, you know, this killer business. <laughs> oh, man, I hope y'all got some be wrong <laughs> You are a person who I've known for the last three years, three, four years of my life. I can honestly say that your integrity propels and compels me to keep supporting you. Your policy is the only policy that I have seen in my lifetime that matches up with the policy of what was a poor people's campaign. It is the only policy that matches up with what's fair and just. Let me just 
pick up on one point you made, uh, and a lot of people don't know this. At the end of his life, not only did Dr. King get murdered in Memphis, where he was not on a quote-unquote civil rights effort, he was standing with some of the most exploited black workers in America. Absolutely. And he said, I'm going to go down there and help you form a union and get decent wages and decent working conditions. That's where he was murdered. And at that same time, what he was also doing is trying to put together a poor people's campaign. Absolutely. Bringing together blacks and poor whites and native americans and latinos to saying you know what we have got to march on washington we have to encamp ourselves in washington we have to demand a fundamental change in national priorities instead of continuing spending billions of dollars on a war in vietnam then we got to invest in housing and health care in the needs of poor people and working people what a profound think about it for a second what a profound and revolutionary concept that was. I concur. And that is the moment that he was killed. And in a sense, that is what we are trying to do today. This is the richest country in the history of the world, okay? And we forget about that. If we're a poor country, you and I have a certain type of discussion. Yes. We are the richest country in the history of the world. Do we think it is morally acceptable that three people own more wealth than the bottom half of American society? Do we even talk about that issue? We do not talk about it, right? Where is the outrage? Regarding that, tonight in America, you're going to have half a million people sleeping out on the streets. That is something to be honest. Isn't that un unbelievable? Absolutely. Today in America, this year in America, 30,000 people are going to die, D-I-E, disproportionately. African-American, Latino, poor people in general, because they don't have any health care at all. You ever talk to anybody who said, you know, I can't afford to go to the doctor? Absolutely, I have. I have two friends who have died, my high school friends, and I'm a young man, who have died because of lack of health care. My people, I got a call from one of my friends saying... Man, your boy Bernie might have something with that healthcare thing. I see he took for people over in the Canada to buy. He said, I, I got to admit, though, you know, my both my parents diabetic, and he telling the truth about that. His parents are diabetic? His parents are diabetic. And the reason I say that is black people, like I'm in the gym every morning now trying to get a bank shot like yours because I don't want to get diabetes. I don't want to stifle myself, right? Black people are more disproportionately affected by diabetes sure. than any other group. So when you say diabetes and talking about free healthcare, I want people who look like me on the other side of the camera to, re to, to recognize that that is a black issue. And if you don't have the ability to have health care, which isn't just treating it, health care is being able to go early enough to be pre-diagnosed. Health care is having a lifestyle Absolutely. which prevents disease in the first place, Absolutely. which has to do with nutrition, Absolutely. has to do with decent Absolutely. housing, has to do, by the way, with clean drinking water. Absolutely and so forth and so on. Absolutely. All right, I think you said it all. I mean, just on this issue of diabetes, when you go to Canada, I don't know, you get to Canada often on your trips? Yeah, they caught me with a joint one time, but... <laughs> this is unbelievable. This is what I learned on that trip. Turns out, seven and a half million people uh, in this country use insulin. I didn't know that. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. It turns out, this was what's crazy. So we went to Canada, and we were able to purchase insulin for one-tenth the price. Same exact product, okay? One-tenth the price. So then we could ask the question, how does that happen in Canada? They pay 10% for insulin, and we pay in the United States. That's one issue. Here's the other issue. Of that 7.5 million Americans who are using insulin, it turns out, this is unbelievable, one quarter of those people are rationing their insulin. You got that? Yeah, that's right. Rationing their insulin on this trip. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. Young guy and his mother, I don't know, his mid-20s. Guy was a former football player, okay? Good guy. He lied to his parents when he was in college in telling them that he had enough insulin because he didn't want to put more financial pressure on them, okay? He became sick. When you don't take your insulin, you become sick. And obviously, if you continue doing that, you die. 
One quarter of the American people are rationing their insulin. Last year, Mike, the top 10 drug companies made $69 billion in profit. So the issue that we throw out, that the policy issue is, is the function of healthcare to provide quality care to all, or is it to make huge profits for the drug companies and the insurance companies? If you have a major, say, heart transplant in Canada, a really difficult, yeah. uh, expensive procedure, do you know how much you leave the hospital? What kind of bill you leave the hospital with? Do you know? How much? Zero. Now, I thought a little something in Canada, zero? Yeah, I guess they have a parking lot out there which they charge you for that. That's, that's the major fee is what you have to pay to park your car. Nothing. Wow. Okay. You go to any doctor you want to go to. You don't take out your wallet. There are no out-of-pocket expenses, all right? No premiums, no deductibles. And you know what the end of all that, Mike? They spend 50% of what we spend per person on health care. In this country, we spend about 11000 they spend about half of that. How's that? That's amazing. I, I appreciated what Sister Cardi B said. Right? So people people razz you a little for getting hip-hop on board. But it's not like you sent out feelers and the hottest clubs. You don't have Bernie Sanders in the compound buying bottles recruiting us. Kids in hip-hop come from working class and poor environments. People often talk about paying more in taxes. We are, she and I are probably both for the part that pay about 46% of taxes a year. She said, I'm willing to pay the taxes I pay. I would just like to see my money go into. That's right, education. she's absolutely right. In America, um, there will be blood, the movie. That we live that movie, that you can be rich. Well, rich is a long life with your children. My grandparents were never rich. Right? They raised three successful homeowners. We have never had to go back to them and ask them. That's rich. Rich is being able to spend the time with your family. Rich is not an endless pursuit of money. And I'm a rapper, right? I got a chain around. You know what? I've been trying to say that for several years. <laughs> and this guy just did it a lot better than I did. Absolutely. I mean, what we are taking on, it's not just Trump and his policies. It's what he thinks human life is about. And what he thinks human life is, you rob, you steal, you cheat, you step on people. Ah, then you make a billion dollars. That's his understanding of what success is. Okay, Mike, Killer Mike and Bernie Sanders right here are full of shit. If Rich was not having also, yeah, it's rich that you can spend time with your family and love your kids and raise them and, and have grandkids and so on and so forth. Yes, but to say it's not wealth of money, they're both being disingenuous. Bernie Sanders is a wealthy man. And a lot of that wealth he obtained, ladies and gentlemen, were through the reparations that his people have been getting since the 1950s all the way up until today. That's where a lot of that wealth came from. And he also wrote a book and he got some wealth from that. If those things don't matter, then why did you obtain those things? I don't want to hear that from Killer Mike and and um, Bernie Sanders. Killer Mike knows damn well he didn't get into the rap industry to be penniless. He got in there to make uh, music as an artist and also get some wealth. They're both being disingenuous. They're both full of crap. And to me... They made the case for why we should get reparations. If we are poor and always behind other groups of people, if we have many type of sicknesses contributed to the fact that we 
have poor health care in the black community and we have high diabetes in the community, then you are selling the case for reparations. Reparations would remedy all of that stuff because then all of us would be able to obtain health care and be able to get it for our whole family. And that would eliminate a lot of those problems by having reparations. But I can't listen to this garbage any further. And I cannot support Killer Mike because he supports the candidate that is the most opposed to people like him getting reparations. I will not stand with you on the Killer Mike thing, y'all. But if you liked what he said, then... So be it. I can't stand with him because of his love for Bernie Sanders. This concludes my podcast for today. Please stop by and listen to my podcast. If you haven't listened to them, please take the time and go back and listen to my past com- uh, podcast. For those of you that are supporters of this podcast, thank you. And if you are not a supporter, please become one. Peace, family.